Uh, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 206 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, this week, I'm joined by my co-host. Oh, Ian Loring, hello. <laughs> and uh, it's a comic book movie, so we have our comic book correspondent. Hello, it's me, Noel Meller. Uh, yes, it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I like the way they've called it Volume 2 and stuck to that. Uh, we'll be covering that. We're also going to chat a couple of uh, Netflix originals, or kind of Netflix original films, um, with Mike Flanagan's uh, new film Before I Wake, and we're also going to be chatting The Discovery as well. Um, we'll also have the usual kind of uh, bits of trailer talk, even though I don't think I've watched any, uh, but I'm hoping the guys will have uh, usual tangents, questions, uh, and if we get time, some what we've been watching. Um, Noel's just informed us he has a sleeping baby next to him, which of course is basically a, a noise and time time bomb. So uh, we'll see how far we get on with, with that. Um, guys, is there anything that's happened this week uh, in the wonderful world of film that we should chat about? Well, I know the Dark Tower trailer literally just dropped about an hour ago, I think, or something. Yeah. Um, I had a quick look at it, and apparently reaction is mixed. But, um, I mean, I didn't watch it properly and thoroughly because I was kind of juggling a baby at the same time and trying to clean up sick. Um, But it looked like a film, you know. (laughs) It just looked like a... Yeah, it looks like a film, but apparently, you know, some people are disappointed by it, but it's it's a beloved property, so that's that's what happens, I guess. Yeah, well, that's it. I know I, I've not been allowed to watch it. I've actually I've, I've had a chance to watch it. I've been at work um, since, like, half eight this morning until about ten minutes ago. Um, and I've not been allowed to watch it because Becky's very much looking forward to it. So any kind of big trailers like that that come out, we, we agree that we have to wait and watch it together on the actual TV rather than on a phone at work. Um, so I'll be doing that. It did accidentally open, um, and I and I caught at the first 10, 15 seconds of it on my phone earlier and was a little bit like that that little intro music there is awfully Harry Pottery. Yeah. Um, it, 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 was I wrong or, or, or is that right? What the Dark yeah, Tower think... intro music? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's isn't it bing, fucking? Bing, 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 isn't that bing, like that... Sergio Leone? Uh, it's something, isn't it? Is it Sergio Leone? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I literally caught like a few seconds of it. I mean, considering you've got the gun, the gunslinger, and the man in black, it would also kind <sighs> of make sense. Yeah. Isn't is it not? It is a famous piece of music. It is a famous piece of music. I don't know what it's immediately it, it's, from. I can't. What's that bit of music in a fistful of dollars where the guy is having his like the the bad guys like having his fucking flashbacks and shit? I swear it's that. It could, it could be actually. I had I didn't get a chance to properly listen to it, uh, but it could be. Yeah, I mean it's I. I didn't know the kid angle in this. Like, I thought it was about the gunslinger versus the man in black, not the gun, not like a Western meets last action hero. Um, it, it's the thing is, it, it it's like eight books combined into one. Yeah, yeah but there is three movies. What this film is. 
the, the film well the film's gonna be three movies i think oh yeah saying yeah. um and the it, it, but it's, it's unclear on whether or not it's going to follow it's not necessarily well the first movie is books one two and three it's it's essentially they're going to tell the whole story of the dark tower in three movies which is like eight fucking books plus eight books plus then you've got i think there is i think there's three series of comic book of, of graphic novels uh, totaling 12 graphic novels in total, I think. Fucking Christ. I so mean, there's an awful, an awful lot of stuff going on there. It's it's cool people are excited. You know, it's just I have absolutely no frame of reference for this whatsoever. The, I mean, the trailer well, I, I is very fine, little. but I, I'm, that's kind of all I'm at with it. Yeah, well, I, I'm more kind of bothered with this because Becky's just reread all the Dark Tower books and it's taken her about um, you know, eight books and not getting that much chance to read. It's taken her about kind of seven or eight months to do it. Um, and she was the other day she was she was reading the last book um, on was it last Sunday. Uh, and I, she was reading in the garden, and I was doing some upstairs. I came outside, and just she was just in tears, and the book was just on the on the table uh, in the garden, and she was just like in proper bawling tears. I was like, "Is everything all right?" And she just pointed at the book, and I was like, "Ah, you finished the data." <laughs> just for um, to, to uh, what we were just discussing, it's uh, the pocket watch music from a few dollars more. Fucking there we go. Do- Sorry, it was a few dollars more. Yeah, yeah it totally yeah. is yeah. the pocket watch music. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ah, you see, I, I, I knew I recognised it. I just couldn't. Yeah. Well, I, I listen to that a lot while I'm, while we're eating because I put it on. I've got the soundtracks on vinyl, and I'll put it on while we're eating, so I should probably recognise that. Quite an intense dinner that is. Ah, <laughs> some, some of the fucking <laughs> stuff we listen to. It's, it's, it's either stuff like that, or it's fucking Johnny Cash, Springsteen, or it's the. Fucking colours soundtrack, or even sometimes the City Slickers soundtrack. Wow! I still like, maintain. The thing I is, you want, some, you want some Leone music over Sunday dinner if there's like one slice of beef. <laughs> you're all just looking at each other to see who's going to go for it first. Yeah, I, I still maintain I'm the only human alive that ever has bought um, Birth of the Cool by Miles Davis and the uh, City Slickers soundtrack at the same time. That's yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> even even down at A1 Records looked at me and went, fucking really? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you Apparently, if you play them both you. at the same time, they sync up perfectly as well. It, it would surprise me. And you travel back in time. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, right, I, I know I haven't seen any other trailers. What else has happened in trailers oh, this week? Um, I think I have. I kind of think I have. Have I? I don't know. I don't know. There was another trailer of Cars 3, which for some reason I watched. Um, <laughs> Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I haven't even seen the first one. Oh, yeah. You haven't seen... Well, you haven't seen the first film. You haven't seen the first film? Kingsman, no. Oh, it's a good time, that is, man. You should... It's you, a good movie, man. It's, it's yeah. on Netflix. It's, it's, it's one of those where I've hovered over it for so long and looked at it and gone... <laughs> in the like, over two hours... 
yeah, but I mean, barely. It's on Netflix, man. Like, it, I, I, I will watch it before the new one, but it, it is it is going back to that 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 argument that people have been having recently on Twitter, where it's it's over two hours, which does make me look at it and go, ooh, I could watch something that's an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I was specifically looking for stuff that was an hour and a half to watch after we finished tonight. And yeah. it, it just I, let's not let's not get into that, but I, 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 watched, many... I watched the temp last night because of that. Nice. There there are there are, there are many reasons to watch a three hour film and there are many reasons to watch an eighty two minute film. You yeah. Know, and both are fine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Um, it, it's very much a teaser. Um, I don't, considering you haven't watched Kingsman, I don't really want to say something about it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Say it, say it, because no. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a spoiler carer. If I cared that much about Kingsman, I fucking watched it by now. Uh, yeah, I don't okay, care. No, fair it. enough. I, I really, really, really want to see how the fuck they bring Colin Firth back. I knew that anyway. Yeah, that's weird, that, isn't it? Because right. he kind of, he was pretty definitively dead. <laughs> like, yeah. He was very, wasn't he, like, very, very, very dead? Like, point yeah, he's blank, like his shot brains, in the head, yeah, dead. There was literally, yeah, you could see brains and everything. It was, yeah. It was a real sort of Matthew Vaughan kill. It was, um, yeah. Yeah, we should oh, is it, is it, is it a, not 12A? Oh God, no, 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 no. Um, it's, oh. it's a fifteen. Well, interest has beat. Yeah, no, no. It's um, it like there's a sequence with Colin Firth kicking some ass in a church, which is pretty, yeah, pretty full bore actually. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. All right. I'm, that might that might actually get on thrown on tonight. And, 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 and the sequel, Channing Tatum's in the sequel. So you know, there's that. Channing Tatum is in the sequel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I I don't know. There wasn't really much to it, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to that, man. Like Kingsman's one of those ones that like really secretly made a lot of money, and 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 just kind of like went away. But it, 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 yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's the first um it's the first sequel that Matthew Vaughn's ever done as well. Like he you know famously. Well, I mean, I, could, I suppose you can count X-Men First Class as a sequel, kind of, but that was maybe more a reboot. But, you know, he famously fucked off um, The Last Stand and didn't do Days of Future Past. And uh, there was a time that he was, I think he was attached to um, uh, Man of Steel 2 and he, like, didn't do that. And it, it seems like for him to get involved in a sequel, there's got to be something there to really pique his interest. Um, so I and I, I think I've liked everything he's done as well directorially. Um, yeah, I think you've been quite a fan, haven't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually trying to think, and I can't really think of anything that I I haven't liked. Yeah, I mean, worldwide it made 414 million off of an 81 million dollar budget. Like, which is yeah, which is that's not very too shabby. Good. That's not too shabby. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I have a weird thing with with. Um, Matthew Vaughan, in the sense that I don't think I like him, but actually looking through his movies, the only one I haven't seen is uh, King of the Secret Service. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of First Class, but I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I really it's perfectly all right. Nice. And I quite like Kick-Ass. Stardust is fine. Um, it's an enjoyable one watch. And I really enjoyed Layer Cake, so I don't know why I haven't watched it. There you go. Miserable bastard. 
Um, that is that could be it. It could be that I'm a miserable bastard. But uh, yes. Um, but no. Aside from that, I think I, I think I, I think that's it for me. It was quite weak. It was, yeah. Um, I think all about all I saw was um, the Wonder Woman one on the big screen and the Thor Ragnarok on the big screen, which but we've already spoke about. But. but slight slight tangent. What the fuck is this thing with? Hi, I'm Gal Gadot and I'm Chris Pine. And we're here to introduce the trailer for Wonder Woman because we're not obviously in the trailer. Oh, was that were you a view by any chance? No, Cineworld. <sighs> but was it Cineworld? Ah, uh, that, that that happens a lot at, at yes. view. Like every time the King Arthur trailer comes on. Oh, yeah, it's um, fucking Guy Charlie Ritchie. Hunnam and Guy Ritchie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I remember very vividly the was it Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man Two? Maybe I don't remember it that vividly. But it was it was one of the the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. They did that. They had Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone pop up and say. Hi, we're such and such, and now watch this. And they showed literally about twenty minutes of clips mm. from the film. It's like I'm going to see this film next week. Like, can you fucking just not do that? There was a weird one. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember who it was, but there's a weird one where it, it wasn't like one of the stars. It was just somebody else who was in it um, was introduced in the, one of the guys from and it was it was and it was Simon Pegg. So it kind of was one of the stars for the um, Star Trek. The last one, Star Trek Beyond, was it? Yeah, I think I remember. I think that. it was called Star Trek: The Last One. Yeah, yeah, Star Trek: The Last One. Um, and he kind of introduced it, but it was it was like literally they pushed him into a room and went. Star Trek, remember? He kind of just went, "Hi, um, trailer? Yeah, trailer, trailer. Is it trailer? Yeah, trailer first. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Trying to add. Uh, I want to say view. Yeah, view. I mean, that's the thing. It might as well just be going. I oh, shit munchers. There's some explosions <laughs> in this. Watch this for a couple of minutes and try and remember that it comes out. But there'll be some TV adverts on in the week before it comes out anyway. So don't worry. Here you go, munch munch. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I don't know. There's a weird. I I don't know what the point of it is. It's like Scarlett Johansson before the Ghost in the Shell one. It's like it's Scarlett yeah. Johansson in a kind of like a naked suit, like. It's obviously Scarlett Johansson. She's pretty fucking famous. What is the, <laughs> what is the nutritional value in adding her at the start going, I'm in this film, you're about to see my face in this trailer in five seconds' time, but here's my face now. I'm never going to complain about seeing Laura Scarlett Johansson's face. No, no, I agree with that. But, I mean, also, I mean, like, the Guy Ritchie and Charlie Hunnam one, it's like, what person... Obviously, people listening to this, fair enough... How many fucking people know who Guy Ritchie is? It's just going to be like, who the fuck's that guy? To be fair, how many people know who Charlie Hunnam is? Who the fuck is Charlie Hunnam literally looks like he's like he's blazed right in that thing as well. Like, oh, he yeah. cannot stop like he, he cannot stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I am looking forward to King Arthur. It comes out in a couple of weeks. I am. And I'm, I'm, yeah. You know that the the the, the trailers have me. You know, yeah, like, I, 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 just the trailers, the TV spots, the fact that it's, the fact that it's literally just, it, it's Guy Ritchie going. They keep giving me loads of money yeah. to make movies. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I quite, I, like, I quite like. Sorry, I was just going to say, I quite like the fact that it's something else as well. It's just yeah. something else. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's. Oh, it's a Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie with an actor that I like in from a TV show that I like. 
it's not a Marvel property. It's not anything that we've been building up towards for the last two or three years. It's just a, a thing. Oh, great, this looks fun. It's a bit like, oh, so it's like, it's like a faithful retelling of, of the story of King Arthur. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> not kind of. Not at all. Well, I mean, like, I was King really... Arthur's in it. Anything else? The Sword of the Stone. All right, cool. So what else is true? I Nothing. I mean, I was Nothing really, else. I was it re- is. I was reading an interview in Empire the other day with Guy Ritchie, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he was like, I thought it'd be interesting doing a Moses tale, except um, he gets sent down a river and ends up with a bunch of prostitutes. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm down. That's Do it. it. Cast <laughs> Jason Statham as Moses. Do it. It just seems <laughs> so much like... I dare like, you. Guy Ritchie is just going, whatever. Just keep giving me money. Just keep giving me money. I, you don't even need to pay me anymore. I, I got shitloads off my dollar. I'm just doing it for a laugh now. And you know what? He's doing Aladdin next. And that, like, yeah. just how fucking mad are people going to get about every single decision, creative decision I, in that film? I'm popcorn you know ready. I, I can't fucking wait. Last week. Uh, He's but, doing Aladdin, not the Disney, the not the Disney, Disney one. The yeah. Disney one. Really? The live action, yeah. That's weird. The is, there was a lot of rumours that um, he's in talks with Will Smith to be the voice the of the genie. genie. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I thought... And everyone's, everyone's getting up in arms going, no, there should only be one genie. It's Robin Williams. It's like, he's dead for a start off. And secondly, Will Smith's a great idea for the genie. No, actually, do you know what? It's interesting because, uh, again, this was the, on the Empire podcast last week. Will Smith is currently choosing between two films. The genie in Aladdin or a yeah. film where he plays a hitman who has to fight a, 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 genet- a, a clone that is younger than him. That will be de-aged through CG, and Ang Lee is going to direct it. <laughs> yeah, you know what this I, is? I want him to do Aladdin. This is the Matrix versus Wild Wild West all over again. Isn't, isn't it? it just? Oh, God. Isn't it just? <laughs> I, I, I just. Fuck you know, Wild Wild West is still the only film I walked out of that wasn't a festival film, and it was because it annoyed me that much that I screamed at the screen, "Fuck off and play golf with Clint, and you cunt." Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but Wild Wild West out. did bring us the double rodeo cheeseburger in Burger King, though, and I, I thank it for that. It was also the one print that, for some reason, we never managed to get rid of when I worked at the View in Bristol. <laughs> we just used it as a test print for like <laughs> when we were going, like maybe changing out sound processors and stuff. But it was always real four of Wild Wild West. <laughs> Not even a good reel, then. It also, it's also the movie that gave us a song that Jordan knows all the words to. That is true. <laughs> That's so true. That. <laughs> That's true. Uh, right, so that was trailer talk. Um, are we going to get Guardian in it? Or are we going to do one of the other ones first? I'll tell you what, do one of the other ones first, because I'm just currently potentially feeding this baby. Which, cool. Which, uh, which, right, which one, are, uh, which one are you less interested in, Noel? Which one do you think you've got less to say about? Uh, I, I don't know, really, because I, I think there's probably a discussion in both of them, so I'm easy either way. Well, let's do the Discovery, because it happens to be the one that's on my screen at the moment. Yeah, that's the one uh, that I saw the longest ago, anyway, so if I've forgotten anything, it's probably that one. 
So the Discovery is uh, directed by Charlie McDowell uh, and stars Jason Siegel, Rooney Mara, uh, Albert Redford, and a brief appearance from uh, Charlie's mum. But we have got word mixed up now. Uh, a brief appearance from Charlie's mum, Mary Steinberg, uh, and it's well, how would we describe it? The uh, Rob Redford essentially was a scientist who has discovered that there possibly is definitive proof that there is an afterlife. Um, and this causes people then jumped to uh, the future. I think it's a year in the future, is it? Um, and people are essentially killing themselves en masse um, to go to this other plane, this afterlife that Robert Redford has possibly definitively discovered. Um, his son happens to be a neurosurgeon or neuroscientist and he's played by Jason Siegel who is going back to visit him um, because he's made a, a new machine that he and for guys we are all spoilers all the time that he, he believes can record the afterlife uh, on his way to going back to um, seeing his father he meets Rooney Mara's character called Isla 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 Isla, Isla. Isla, Isla, although she doesn't look like an Isla. Um, well, how um, many have you met? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a story. So, yeah, okay. He meets Isla, who doesn't look like an Isla, who looks distinctively exactly like somebody who's called fucking Isla. Um, <laughs> and yes, stuff happens. The discovery. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Uh, I, I rather enjoyed it. Um, I think we need to talk about the ending because um, I'm I, I, I'm over a week removed now and I'm still slightly unsure as to what I what I feel about the ending. However, I like it more than the one I love um, because the one I love felt like quirky, quirky, quirk, quirk. Look, we've got Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass. Quirky, quirky, quirk, quirk. Quirky quirk 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 for ninety minutes, and what did it say? Fuck all. Um, yeah. Whereas the discovery, it feels like it's actually about something. Um, I'd rather enjoy Jason Siegel, who I think is very very good as a miserable bastard, um, which is kind of surprising that, that he's got range because he's also fucking great in the Muppets. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, and I liked the world that it set up. Um, I and I liked the the use of the color palette. Almost by the end, was like, well, yeah, duh. Yeah, like just like grey and fucking horrible yeah. because dot dot dot. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. I I got a kick out of it. No, the discovery. Uh. I actually quite enjoyed it too. Um, it was, I watched it over three settings on, on the train. Um, actually, uh, train on the way to work, train on the way back, and then I watched the end of it one night when I was sat here with, uh, with Rosa on my nightly shift. So, um, I watched it in three settings. It, each time I sat down to watch it, I was excited to see what the next bit was going to be. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I thought it was really quite solid. Um, it did look a little, um, you know, drained. Uh, it had a certain, it had that sort, sort of um, colour palette to it. Um, 
that feels uh, of a certain sort of indie sci-fi kind of um, style. Uh, but I liked the way it looked. I get the feeling that Mark has some issues and I could kind of see why some people would have some issues. Um, Redford, I thought was interesting in it. It's interesting to see him in this role and see this, uh, person who throughout, um, seems to have made some sort of bad decision in his life. And then as the story sort of comes full circle, you'll learn a little bit more about that. And maybe he's not quite as evil as all that in the end or at least he's searching for this sort of redemption. Um, uh, Jason Siegel in a role that's uh, in a dramatic role. I mean, he, uh, what else has he done before that's been dramatic roles? I was trying to think of something before. I feel like I've seen him in stuff that's that's been semi-serious, oh, at really? least. He's done sort of semi-serious stuff. I don't think he's ever... I can't remember this. Isn't anything yeah. that's outright serious. Nah. But, I mean, it works. It works for him. He wears it well. Um, so... Really enjoyed it. Um, Rooney Mara, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Rooney Mara. I can only really think of one film that I liked her in, and I don't really feel that that was because of her. Um, you seen that Carol? Dragon, yeah. Have I seen what? Carol. Not allowed to no, talk about it. I've not, I've not seen Carol. I'm not seeing Carol. Oh, seen Carol. of course we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Anybody yeah, no, else can talk about it. I am not allowed. I'm categorically banned by Becky from talking about Carol. I don't want to say too much. Does Becky like it? No. Becky doesn't like it? Nope. All right, next time us three are together, we're having a chat. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about Carol. <laughs> but yeah, no, she, like... I, but yeah. She's fucking great. Gosh. Anyway, go. I've got a text off Becky. Yeah, I, I, I'm not allowed to talk about Carol. I think she's... I think she's... Unfortunately, I think she's kind of quite a dislikable person and she yeah, <laughs> yeah she can i think she is she is she's 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 kind of a dislikable person i think but, but do you know what's weird go on so the sister <laughs> yeah but her sister's a lot more fuckable than that man. i'll tell you what oh though, right? that's a con that's that, that that's one that i think you can it depends on which side you land on that one her fucking, yeah her I'm, fucking I'm sister K-O, has got like the worst agent though because rooney mara <laughs> kind of came from nowhere a few years back does Girl with the Dragon yeah. Tattoo, does Carol, gets a couple of like Oscar nominations. What's Kate Mara doing? Yeah, she had the first season of House of Cards, but now, mm. what, she's doing Morgan. Yeah. She was in trans To be fair, not, R- 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 Mara is, is in this because she's um, dating the director. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I I find her, I, I find Kate Mara as a presence. She come, Kate Mara comes across as quite bitchy. Mm. Um, I think Rooney Mara also comes across as quite bitchy, but but also a little bit cold. Well, they're, they're, um, they're from they're from very they're from wealth, aren't they? Oh, are they? Okay, yeah, they're, they're they're from a very wealthy family. But then Army, um, Army Hammer is, is like the most gregarious motherfucker in the world, and he owns a bakery and is generally great and. He comes from money. Is that is that Army Hammer who keeps on uh, who is essentially fucking punking um, <laughs> some TV show in America by constantly uh, liking uh, S and M and BDSM stuff uh, on Twitter really? <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> because you can see people think people's things that are the favourite on Twitter, and he just keeps on doing it. Because um, someone made a comment on some American Good Morning America or something like that, and he he commented on it, and they 
did a big thing about the fact that you know it's it terrible that he's 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 saying that um He's in uh, um, BDSM and stuff like that when he's in all of these kids' movies. It's like, what, what kids' movies is he? Yeah, <laughs> so he just keeps doing it. Anyway, yes. Um, well, the discovery, yeah. I, I overall, I found it quite it, it, interesting, but I did find Rooney Mara's character to be a little bit too much. She was a little bit too obvious. Um, and just seeing that I liked it. Rob Redford's always good in those things. Uh, I, I quite actually liked um, Jesse Plemons in it, to be honest. Like he was quite good, yeah. uh, and I think he's always yeah. he's always quite underrated in, in what he's in. He's one of those he's one of those good character actors. Um, so I like that, but I did I did feel a little bit at points that it it seemed to be kind of reveling in how smart he thought it was and it is quite a, a smart enough movie but it it did a lot of the time look at itself and go look how deep and thoughtful i am as a movie you just keep you just, you just bask in my thoughtfulness and i was like going oh, fucking hell just do something else i want to see fucking mara redford's cult i don't want to bask in you what is it i want to see redford's fucking cult and it, it just it led me to a lot of times getting a little bit a little bit bored during it and then it'd start to pick up again and then I'd get bored again and then it'd start to pick up again. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that... Oh, are we both... Are we all here still? I think we are. I think Noel's no, uh, just, just popped off a second, for a second. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, um, no, I mean, I, I thought the... It mixed the propulsion of the plot with the, the 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 character stuff quite well, and I liked how by the end it kind of melded together, and I felt that the both uh, they, they were both kind of servicing each other there. Um, and that's interesting. I didn't I didn't really see the like what what you're saying there about um, reveling and how clever it is. Um, I, I just because it, it I thought it was I, I mean what because it's like 9,500 minutes long. And, yeah, okay, and I thought it kind of rattled along, to be honest. Um, like, yeah, I don't, I, okay, I don't see that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that, that's strange, that, because I, I thought it, it, it was quite slow-paced, to be honest. I thought it, it, it seemed, I was shocked when I looked at it, it was only 102 minutes afterwards. Okay. Because um, I thought, about, about, Halfway through it, well, no, about 20 minutes from the end, uh, I had to pause it because um, basically it's got the bathroom. And I looked at it and went, fucking hell. Is this only an hour and 40 minutes long? I thought it had been on for, I genuinely thought it had been on for a couple of hours. I wasn't not, I wasn't not enjoying it. I was just, I think it, it just hadn't got me completely. I wasn't completely invested in it by that point. And when, you, when you're not invested in it by, 20 minutes towards the end of a movie. Um, the only thing that was kind of keeping me in it was I was kind of intrigued where it was going, but I wanted it just to fucking get there so I knew rather than um, actually being invested in the characters or anything like that. I just wanted to know where it was going to go rather than what was going to happen to these people. Okay. Mm, okay. Um... Also, that's a terrible way to fucking kill yourself. 
loading yourself up with weights and walking up the fucking sea. Not the best, admittedly. Yeah. No, I mean, stuff like that bothered me. You're all the fucking thinking it. But I, I, well, I don't know. It's, the, the thing is, I mean, like, she's, her character is feeling a profound sense of guilt. And I could believe that someone would, in that position, would potentially want to punish themselves. Um, and, I, I mean, I suppose that is a way of doing so, of making it quite elaborate and, like, the preparing it, it is almost the punishing yourself in, like, you know this is going to happen and you're going to do this instead of pointing a gun at your, your head and pulling the trigger and it being done. Um, I mean, I've never, ever, ever felt suicidal. I want to fucking pray I don't ever. Um, but I, I could see that thought process there um yeah a, 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 a fair argument towards that i'd say so yeah um in that but it just felt a little bit it felt a little bit like those sat around going we need to think of an interesting way to do it rather than just the standard ways to do it oh this is how about this just felt a little bit like that like it was just i don't know just those bits like that just kind of niggled me a, a little bit I don't know why, but it did a little bit. The jumpsuits bothered me as well. I didn't get that. No, I mean, like, to be fair, there is an awful lot of stuff going on in this film that by the end of it, it it's almost like a red herring. Like, yeah. the, I mean, the, the fact is, it's, it's arguably all in this guy's head. The entire... Prop, the, the entire prospect well, yeah. of what is happening here is all in this guy's head and may, maybe the afterlife I think the film is positing that the afterlife is this like recycling through shit like re- stuff you regret again and again and again and mm. I get that but you could posit that Robert Redford's character didn't even exist or something like that you know um, they're, they're almost like this is some, some sort of a weird kind of um uh, dream kind of logic kind of thing going um, going about it that makes sense while you're in it, but it, it, almost like this film, it makes sense while you're in it, but when you come out of it, you look in it and it's like, well, was that really needed and why was that there? And you know the, um, it, 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 but then again, it's quite a complex world to establish that it's actually all in this guy's head. Like the uh, the start of the film, Jason Segel's character isn't there then, so. Who is that for the benefit of? If cause if it's not going to be for Jason Siegel's character's benefit, because he's going to know all this stuff. Like he doesn't need to yeah. see this TV interview. So they're, they're, I mean, I suppose there are questions there, but it does it doesn't feel like a puzzle box that you're you're trying to like figure out or anything. It's not Mulholland Drive. It's it it all serves a purpose for the audience, and I suppose it's it's debatable as to how much it serves a purpose for the for the for the, the main character within the film. Um, but I like that the film are, are kind of asks those questions. Um, and I like that it's about how you deal with loss and deal with guilt. And, you know, I think it's a very human emotion to literally have things you regret cycle in your mind. So the, the, the afterlife being something where grief cycles in the afterlife feels like a pretty human conceit. And I, I, I like... I like that in in the film. It it, it feel like I said at the start. It feels like it's got something to talk about, 
whereas the one I love felt like it was it was just a quirky premise for a relationship comedy drama that I didn't really find all that intriguing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't watched the one I love actually. It's not. I don't know why, but for some reason, something just puts me off it, and I couldn't put my finger on for what it is. Is this his second? Is this his second movie? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit strange to have a film by Charlie McDowell on it. <laughs> well, it's his second fucking movie. Oh, to, be, Netflix to be fair, man, if I ever got a fucking film out, I'd say a film by Ian Loring. Fuck it. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I mean, are you, so are, you, are you definitely not shit on that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoyed it. It's not like a film of the year or anything like that. I do, you know, I think the the narrative doesn't does have enough little holes in there to uh, 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 to kind of knock it down. But I I like I say, I had a good time with it. I was pleasantly surprised. Cool. I, is is Null with us or is he no longer with us? I think he's off being a parent for yeah. the time being. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm, to me, I'm touching cloth. I'm, I'm not, I didn't think it was shit. I thought it was, you know, I think Redford's interesting in it. I think Jason Siegel's uh, very good in it. Uh, I think Seth Elwood, Jess Plunders was good in it. I thought Rooney Mara was just a little bit, it, it felt a little bit like stock Rooney Mara performance number one. Mm. Um, a, a little bit too... Like she'd just gone, like she knew the lines, but didn't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, which is she only, she only knew her character's name is Isla because it actually it, one of her lines was was saying her own name. I, I yeah, I think she she needs a strong like a strong actor's director to get the the most out of her, or just someone well, cold like David Fincher who's just gonna like kind of almost not literally but almost beat her into submission. In, into the character that's, that like he wants her to play almost, but yeah, cause that that's it because um, you know you look at it and her standout, like notices it standout performances are is the girl the dragon tattoo, um, and then in a few other things she's been in you know decent things she was all right she was perfectly right in um, side effects, um, you know in everybody's sense I think she was a little bit lost in that I think. Um, and I don't I haven't seen him the line up at Pan to be honest. So I know you've seen both of those. What was the first one? Uh Lion. Oh Lion, yeah, no, she's alright in Lion, man. Yeah, I mean she's she's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's um actually yeah, I mean she's she's good in Lion and Pan, she's fucking Tiger Lily, which is really weird casting. Uh but she was Nancy in a Nightmare on Elm Street as well. I was completely forget that. Was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. it's weird because I seem to have just just completely blocked everything about that film out of my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you, it, you are right. It, it's terrible. The world, I think the world's kind of forgotten that existed. Yeah. Oh, man, that oh. fucking film, man. I mean, it was the directorial debut of the guy who bloody made um, the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. I mean, like... What's it? Yeah, Samuel, Samuel Bayer. Yeah, it's the only film he's made. Um, God. Like, that's such a shame, that. Such a shame. That film and really is the person bad, whose name isn't... Poor the name who's, uh, person whose name isn't Hayley Joel Osment as well. Whatever his name is. Poor him. 
I know the guy you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, uh, Noel, how, how uh, what were you ranking um, the discovery as? That's uh, tricky. It's it's somewhere between definitely not shit and touching cloth, but I think I'd have to lean towards definitely not shit because it's uh, it's like I just caught caught the end of what you were saying there, Ian. It feels like it's got something to say. It is an original idea. There are elements of it that are liked. Um, there are things that I would have liked to explore a little bit more. I think the first half of the film, which is dealing primarily with the idea of a world that has discovered that there is the possibility of this afterlife and is off in itself in droves. Um, I think the number was the number four million or something. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I would have liked to have explored a world where actually they'd gone for it a little bit more because I think four million is quite a low number. I think if this type of thing happened, we'd probably lose an awful lot more people than four million globally, uh, certainly. Um, I would like to have explored that world a little bit more and seen how people deal with it in terms of, you know, what what happens. I mean, they touch on it with one line. But I think, you know, what happens in that kind of world when people start just offering each other because they feel like, you know, maybe they're doing somebody a favor by killing them or maybe they just feel like yeah. they, they, they've got the right now. It doesn't matter anymore if you kill somebody because they're going to a better place. There was, there was elements of that part of the story that I would have liked to explore a little bit more, but that wasn't the point of the film. So I accept that. Um, but no, overall, I, I really kind of enjoyed it. I was quite surprised by it. I knew absolutely nothing about it going in. Um, so we're just kind of happy to, to let it all unfold. And uh, yeah, no, definitely not shit, actually. Yeah, the more I talk about it, yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, man. Cool. Um, yeah, right. Well, our, our audience uh, was uh, definitely not shit, 43%. Um, touching cloth, 14%. And shit, 43% also. Um, so uh, are we are we going to before I wake or are we wanting to guardians it um, where are you with that note <laughs> uh, I'm, st- I'm not too far away from where I was before so <laughs> before I wake right well what we do before I wake uh, we'll let people build up to the, the, the main event um, before she sleeps <laughs> smooth uh, before I wake is uh, well it was I think was it made in 2014 i think it was actually i think it was shot in december 2013 20, yeah was it yeah i actually holy shit that's thomas jane yeah yeah yes oh. it was, uh, 2013 the film was shot so it was actually shot nearly well three and a bit years ago um stars but it's by mike flanagan uh who is we've i think made both as well I know both me and Ian have liked uh, a lot of his work so far, haven't we? I think we've discussed a couple of them on here, actually. I think we, we push and Did we do Ouija Origin of Evil, or did we both talk about it? We both spoke about I think we, 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 we well. talked about it separately on the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Good flick, that. Um, stars Kate Bosworth, Thomas Jane, and uh, Jacob uh, Tremblay. Um, and the, the film starts with... Um, essentially, Thomas Jane and Kate Bosworth are... New foster parents and the first kid they're uh, having uh, fostered into their care is um, Jacob Tremblay's. What's I remember his name? Uh, Cody. Cody. Yes, uh, Cody, who um, 
comes into the, the house and we find out quickly that they've had a uh, the previous had a son who who died he drowned in the bath um and Kay Bosworth doesn't seem to be quite over it and obviously they're wanting to to share their love by bringing foster children in uh, but uh, Cody has some kind of emotional problems it would seem the emotional problems seem to comes to the fore where when he sleeps, his dreams kind of come to life. Um, but also, as his dreams come to life, so do his nightmares. Um, Ian, come on, I've got to know on Guardians first. So, Ian, uh, before I wait, what, what did you think? Because uh, you, you were quite a fan, weren't you? Uh, I was indeed, yeah. I mean, the, the dream logic stuff maybe doesn't make an awful lot of sense just because it, 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 you know, it's the same dream. It's kind of like the same dream every night almost. Um, whereas, you know, I used to have dreams where the Blues Brothers took me flying around and would, like, sing a song while I was, like, flying with them. And it's like, <laughs> that never happened. Like that, you know, it's, you know, so, but, but then like another night, you know, like, Jesus, I think, you know, like, I remember reading something about it where, uh, Mike Flanagan said he couldn't, could, he, it, it, where he, he addressed that, somebody said about that, and he said that, uh, Cody can, um, control his dreams, but he can't control his nightmares. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it was interesting that it was almost like a dream that was almost like, delivered to spec like where yeah Katie Bosworth, that was that thing <laughs> yeah katie bosworth is like right look at this look at this video mm. right look yeah. at this video It'd be great i dream my son It'd that be great if you could yeah exactly exactly you know and it's a bit mm, okay yeah it's almost a bit weird science wasn't it just like sort of feed this stuff in here and this comes out here <laughs> straight up yeah and uh, it, yeah but because that's what I would have done. I would have been showing him porn. So <laughs> <laughs> like every night he goes to sleep and kind of brought just appears in a panties in your room. You're like, fucking love that kid. <laughs> Wrong on so many levels. You're gonna you're gonna need some serious fucking therapy. But I don't give a shit. You're a foster kid. <laughs> that's great. While he's got his, I'm like, getting touch your brains. Like sat. Yeah, that's funny. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, sorry. Um, I'm literally sat here, literally sat here jiggling a hiccup in one-month-old baby to sleep while suggesting that I would show porn to children. Somebody phone somebody. That's brilliant. Um, let us never speak of this to Not good wives. parent material. This was our morals. No, our wives must never hear of this. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, no. Aside, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Mike Flanagan is a talent, and this film just kind of further cements that for me. I think he's got a really good eye. Um, I think that he knows how to do some messed up imagery, but at the same time, with this, I think he tells a pretty great story as well. Um, weirdly similar to a Monster Calls in um, aspects, I must say. <coughs> Um, yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by the end, it was just like, right, I'm rather moved. 
and that was weirdly lovely, yet kind of horrific at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I really want to hear what the parent of a one-month-old made of this fucking thing. <laughs> yes, so do I. Uh, no, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's more it's more being a, the parent of a three and a half month, uh, three and a half year old boy. I think there's a, there's a lot in there. Mm. Um, you know, uh, very often anything that's like that around uh, kids that age dying or, or you know being sick and stuff like that, just especially just little boys, obviously, um, is is horrible and terrifying and just very uncomfortable. Um, but I think, you know, it, it really works in this. I think I was a little bit worried going in because, again, I knew nothing about it. Um, I didn't know until afterwards that this was the same guy who did Oculus and Hush. Uh, I've not seen Ouija or Absentia, but uh, I was lukewarm on Oculus. In fact, I kind of think, if I remember rightly, I was a bit unkeen. Um, Hush I liked a lot more. Uh, and going into this when it started, I felt like it was a certain type of a certain type of horror movie at a certain level. Um, it felt very familiar in sort of in tone, and when I say tone, I mean sort of visual tone um, to stuff uh, like you know of, of the mama sinister kind of Ouija ilk. Um, so I was quite surprised actually that as it developed. It was a little bit more of a um, of a fantasy, almost like Del Toro light sort of thing. Um, mm. You know, there was an element of positivity there to it. It was a sort of twisted positivity in that you've got, um, you know, these parents that are or one parent in particular that's having her grief. Um, she's having sort of therapy for her grief through being able to spend time with her child, but all the darkness that comes with that, should that ever be a, a thing that you should be able to do? And as I say, being the parent of, of a three and a half year old boy, I can put myself right in that position and, and know how I'd feel even watching this going, this is wrong. You would not want to do this. But at the same time, you'd be like, I just would do this. You just, you just would. Um, so it throws up some interesting questions. It's it's got a point. It's got something to say. It's got a nice story to it. Uh, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think I don't think it was amazing, but it was a it was a solid watch. And to be honest, these days any horror movie which earns the grade of solid is is fucking enough for me. To yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, as I said, I, 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 I was, I really liked it, um, to be honest. I was, I saw it on because, um, he sort of said that he watched it and it was, it was really quite good. And I remember that it was the, um, Mike Flanagan one and I've, I've liked the other stuff. And, um, I read, I, I didn't, I read or I hear on a podcast or something. It was on a podcast, I can't remember whose it was. Someone's podcast, anyway. And there was an interview with him on it, but he was chatting films and it was, he clearly knows his shit and he clearly loves loves film and he was talking about stuff I think he was on as like the guest to speak about um maybe even before I wake or the upcoming just his general career but he ended up just talking more about other people's films um it was like when I remember uh, this is the Brett Easton Ellis podcast and he had uh, Tom Sizemore on it 
and Tom Sizemore was more interested in talking about films that he liked rather than talking about his own career, which was fascinating to listen to. Um, and I saw what was trailers like it seemed interesting, and I was kind of at that point when I was I was watching it and I was I was enjoying it and it was it, it was good and it was solid you know modern kind of horror and like, like you said all it's if modern horror is is solid nowadays it, I, I'm fine with that I'm good with that because there's so much just terrible shit about that it, it's easy to become a little bit meh about everything and if it's if something's ticking along at a six and a half seven out of ten I'm, I'm fine with that and, and then you know when it starts to twist more into the um the sort of dramatic side and the the fantasy side of it um like you said uh, no there with the uh, it being kind of almost like del toro light at um uh, that kind of um it, it kind of got me to be honest. Um, remember, guys, we're all, all spoilers all the time. Um, so if you don't want any spoilers before I wake, it's on Netflix, so it's quite easy for people to watch. But when the the kind of the, the big bad bit was going on, I was kind of sort of sat. Well, I was actually I was laid down on the sofa, kind of watching it, going, right. So what's happening here? Yeah, we'll get through all this. And then the fact that she just goes over and hugs it, and it turns into the kid. At that point, I I just found myself actually going, oh, hang on a minute, this is fucking interesting. I went from being laid down watching it uh, to just sort of sat up and found myself just sat on the edge of my seat going, all right, that's fucking different. That's interesting. Oh. It's a nice way to tie it up as well. It's like not having to find a way to defeat something or find a way to kill something or find a way to you know, banish something, it's like, oh, actually, no, this is a neat little bundle. Yeah, and, and then... Because uh, the whole theme is love and this. Yeah, and, and then she's, she's kind of explaining to the kid of, of this is what it is, and uh, somebody was saying um, on Twitter, you know, oh, I don't like the fact that it had to explain its ending. It's like, to explain its ending, it, it's, it's, she's explaining it to a child so the child can understand it. It's not explaining the ending, it's legitimising the ending. It's, it's it's kind of going, this is logic. This is the logic behind the ending. And we're not telling you what happened. We've just fucking shown you what happened. We're now opening the logic to it and saying, this is this is why. This is how this happened. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of opening the, the mind of a child. You can't look at things constantly uh, and go, hey, what about this and what about this? Like, right, that's fine, and I agree with you, but you're 27 fucking years old. The kid's supposed to be seven. It's that it's that fantasy positive element again, though. It's you know it's it's a film that does want to tie itself up and has a positive and have a positive ending, yeah. As opposed to having, you know, typically in a film like this where there might be a child involved, you defeat whatever big bad there is, and then at the end of it, there's just everybody's traumatized, but the the nightmare is over. Whereas yeah. with this, it's more complete. It's more it's more upbeat. It's more you know this has happened and now we explain to the child what's happened so that everybody can get on with their life and hopefully move on sort of thing. You know, it's, it's a bit more of a positive angle than just being an out and out horror, uh, which yeah. I don't feel like this film is. I feel like it's, it's a fantasy horror. Yeah. That, that's it. It, it. it made sense. and It made logical sense within the, within the sort of realms of the movie that that's where it would go. Uh, I think the performances were all, were all solid in it. Um, but it's just, there's an, there's a confidence and understanding of, 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 kind of like the uh, 
the way to to do that because that that end that that ending is such, that bit could have been it, it could have gone totally even if you tell exactly the same story and tell it exactly the same way in a in some other directors it could have just made you go fuck off but it does seem funny it does seem to have a, a handle on right I'll I'll pitch this music here um and I'll do this here, I'll have this here, and I'll slow this down here, and there's a certain sort of craft to it, rather than just, there's this, and this, and this, which I quite enjoyed about it. It's, it's, it certainly is one to one to watch. I'm looking forward to uh, Gerald's Game, which is another um, Netflix um, film uh, that's coming out uh, later on this year. Uh, is with, that the Stephen King book? Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, so that's uh, with Carragher, Gina, and Bruce Greenwood, um, and apparently that's uh, it was it was during while they were making that that um, Netflix decided to pick up before I work, um, and they they were in discussions with him or something like that. They found out that it was kind of in sort of release purgatory, and then they went fuck it, we'll buy it, stick it out. You know, it, 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 if anything, it's just they can advertise the shit out. Because Netflix, no, if they put something up the front and they fucking push and push and push and push and push it, they can then stick on, when they stick on the trailers for Gerald's game, they can put on front of director of Hush and Before I Work. And I would say, actually, I think the marketing probably could have done a better job with this film because I think, at first glance, um, I can't remember what it looks like on Netflix, but I'm looking at the the poster for it now and it feels very generic it does feel too generic yeah it feels like a very dvd hot straight to dvd it's it's a random person's eyes in a butterfly and it's all red and dripping down it looks a little bit very i say very generic yeah yeah but then again i think what they're trying to do the other point there is generic horror people watch generic horror they do yeah, it's weird. They, they they always have high rankings on on Netflix. It's it's a strange kind of. It's why Netflix buy a lot of, sort of generic horror because it they know that it get people watch it. I can they imagine somebody going these, into this for purely generic horror though, maybe not getting not it. Yeah, like uh, getting as much out of it as somebody it, looking at this with a view to it being a sort of fantasy horror. And playing up to the Del, Del Toro thing a little bit, if that's what they felt, you know, which, was there. which could have made more sense to do, yeah. doing that. Certainly, yeah. Um, looking at it, also, well, I was just looking at the uh, Mike Flanagan's um, CV. They're doing a Bollywood remake of uh, Oculus. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just looked then and thought, um, his CV was like, Dobaris, see your evil. Uh, producer, ah, oh, what the fuck's that? Looked at it. Uh, <laughs> That's the amazing. Evil is an upcoming 2017 Bollywood supernatural horror film written and produced by Blah, uh, a bit on the um, American horror film Oculus. Bloody hell. <laughs> executive producer. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I will not watch it because it will be 17 hours long and I will understand the thing that's going on, mm. but... There you go. Scary, mate. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not sure. I thought, I thought it was a really strong movie. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, fuck, man. The, the imagery with the Christmas lights, the like, the, the butterfly Christmas lights, like, flying around and whatnot, like, that's lovely, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Yeah. 
And I mean, I, I, because I, when you've always got an Amblin like soundtrack on it at that point as well. Oh yeah, man. And the whole like the like the whole thing of like I'll be here with you always or whatever it is that the Kankerman says. Oh yeah, and like, yeah. And just like the double meaning of that. It's <laughs> oh, it's good. Clever. I didn't I didn't get the Kankerman thing either. No, um, no. Even though it's really no, I, I didn't at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, I, 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 it's a really fucking solid watch, man, and good on Netflix for picking it up. Mm. Yeah, so definitely all, not all shit. Was definitely not shit. Uh, our audience, uh, definitely not shit, 44%, oh. Touching Cloth, 33%, and shit, 23%. I wonder how many of those 23%. Uh, you know, if you don't go with the movie, don't go with the movie. I wonder how many of those 23% are actually were thinking it was going to be more standard horror. That'd be interesting. Because that, 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 like, like Noel was saying, if you go into it thinking, oh, I'll get a standard horror, and then you get that, I could see how that payoff wouldn't be there. That's the thing. I wouldn't have been interested, like, based on that poster, other than the fact that it was directed by Mike Flanagan. I was getting, I, 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 I did a paid review for it. So it was like, yeah, you know, I'll watch it, no problem. But it, it, that poster, like you guys said, is woefully generic. And, I mean, because the film was, like, he wanted to call the film Somnia, um, yeah. but the original studio like basically retitled it. And um, just even calling it that would have been more interesting because Absentia is a really interesting name for a film as well, and it kind of like pricks up your ears. So, and I think Somnia would as well. So, but yeah, um, definitely not shit anyway. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just on that point, the, the before, uh, before I wake as a as a title is is again very generic, and it almost generic. feels like yeah, it almost feels like it could be something that stars Morgan Freeman chasing down a killer who's trying to kill um, Catherine Heigl or something. You know, it just feels like one Ashley of those. Judd. Ashley Judge, that's who I was. Yeah, going Ashley Judge, and, and I, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'll watch that. If anyone wants to make that, I'll watch it. I'll add it to my I'll add it to my annual Judathon. You and no one else. There's many people. Me and Becky <laughs> who watch Ashley Judd movies. You are Legion. Um <laughs> Yes I am. Uh, are we are, right, are we ready to do Guardians? I'm gonna go to This baby is not going to sleep, so yeah, we'll do whatever. <laughs> cool. Um I'm, I'm gonna go pick Guardians of the guys, Galaxy Volume start. Two. I don't need to tell people what it's about. It's about the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're fighting um, Kurt Russell. There you go. Stars Chris Pratt, um, Zoe Saldana, David Barista, Vin Diesel's voice, kind of. Bradley Cooper's voice, definitely. Michael Rooker, Karen Gillan, uh, Elizabeth uh, DeVicke, um, Sylvester Stallone's in there as well. Um, Kurt Russell. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, our, our resident comic book correspondent, uh, Noel, what did you think? Well, it's interesting with Guardians of the Galaxy, because I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the one Marvel franchise that I know the least about and have had the least experience with from a comic book perspective. I never read, I've never read Guardians of the Galaxy. I think when the last movie was coming out, I sought out a couple of issues, um, a couple of recommended issues of, of it just to get a flavour of what it was about. Uh, I think the run that I picked up on was maybe from the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s maybe. Um, 
and I really didn't get on with the humour uh, of it. Uh, this it, it had a similar tone to kind of almost almost comedic in the same way that Deadpool is. I don't yeah. get on with Deadpool as a comic either. Um, so I've not got that much experience with um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And the first one was kind of um, was a bit of a surprise in that regard because I, I, I got on with it not feeling like it was a comic book movie, just feeling like it was a fun space romp. Um, and with that in mind, I think approaching Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I don't, as excited as I was for it, and I really was excited to see it, it was more excitement at being able to just go to the cinema and, and have some fun with a sci-fi romp again. Uh, it was less about, oh God, I really hope they do justice to Gamora. Or, you know, you know, it wasn't sort of, it really wasn't pre- like, you know, pressure on character or anything like that. I just wanted to have a good time. Um, and as, as me and Ian discussed very briefly, um, on WhatsApp before you'd seen it, Mark, we were, uh, we were, you know, just chatting, uh, very briefly. Um, and I said that for me, I could very easily see why people wouldn't get on with this. Um, I sat down in my seat and I was ready to be entertained. Um, and very quickly, a couple of jokes got fired at me that I was a bit mm, groaning at. Also the opening credits, the opening credits seemed to confirm what I was worried about. Um, that was one of my worries as well, yeah. that we were going to get too much of look at baby group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was a concern for me, but then at some point, maybe it was about 10 or 15 minutes in, I kind of got a hold of myself and I just thought, you know what? Just fucking go with it and just, just go with it. There's no pressure here. This isn't, you know, some, characters that you hold dear to your heart this is just a fun space where i'm just go with it um and i think from that point i just really kind of enjoyed it and really got on board with it and actually baby Groot was something that i thoroughly thoroughly ended up enjoying for reasons that i'll go into in a bit um but no i had a great time with it and i think is it better than the last one worse than the last one i don't know where does it come in the the Marvel grand scheme of things? Nah, I don't really know. It's probably somewhere in the middle towards the top, probably, possibly. I don't know. All I know is, as a franchise, we've had two of these now, and they both delivered fun for me. And the one thing that a lot of um, Marvel properties get uh, criticised for um, which is really kind of a lack of story and a lack of plot. They're all just following the same formula. This has kind of got a story. It's got a plot. It's mm-hmm. got something. It's got a point. Like, you know, there's the whole idea behind Ego, the living planet, and, and his relationship with, uh, or lack of a relationship with his son, and where all that goes is really interesting, I thought. Um, so it's got heart. It's got a lot of fun. They do some interesting things with the characters, which again we'll get onto. Um, two of the characters in particular, um, I think have interesting, um, arcs. So all things considered, I think it, it kind of punches above its weight a little bit, really. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time with it. Good. Ian. Um, 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I am not as keen on it as the first one. Um, just because it's half an hour longer and it fucking feels like it. Um, I agree that I agree that it has a story and I think it's a very, very good bad guy. Um, I would have liked it if Kurt Russell hadn't been CG for the last half hour. Um, and that it didn't, it wasn't just, it, it would have been nice if it wasn't just a lot of CG shit happening. Um, it, I really like the climax of the first Guardians, which, you know, I, I rewatched last week. Um, because even though it was Big Thing Falls Down to Ground, which Marvel films were doing for a while, it also had uh, Pete, Peter Quill distracting Ronan the Accuser through Dance Off. Um, so, you know, you had that quirk there. This was right. There, you- is, also, there is also, just to interrupt you, and there is, I think that with the, the defeating Ronan the Accuser with. <laughs> For want of a, a, a less wank way of putting it, the power of friendship. Yeah, I think that kind of that's different. That's yes. that's not in any other movies. Yeah, no, exactly. Sorry, Karen. yeah, no, it's a, no, it's a it's a very good point. Yeah, so I mean, but here you've got right. These two are doing this, and these two are doing this, and these two are doing this, and we're going to cut between them every forty-five seconds or so, um, and it just. I wasn't so into that. But then at the end, Yondu's like funeral, I thought was great. And it got mm. back to the character stuff. Because that's what works with the, with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the, the characters them being with each other in the interactions. And I think that the fact that it separates them into groups for so long is a weird decision, which feels like it shouldn't be almost shouldn't be happening this early on in the franchise's life um maybe for the third one do that or something but it it, you know we've just got them together can we not have them all be together for a bit please Mm. you know um but saying that i thought kurt russell was great um i thought pon Mantikith or whatever, however you pronounce that I thought she was actually pretty good as Mantis I'm looking forward to see what they do with her I like the relationship she, she had with Drax um, and there was I thought I thought they actually got the amount of baby group just right um, and maybe that's because they split everybody up there I am complaining about them splitting everybody up and maybe that was actually a, a blessing in disguise for baby group I like that opening title sequence. I I was into that. And to be fair, apart from the bomb sequence at the end, actually, and the grabbing shit and not understanding what it is he's grabbing, like those are the three standout baby group bits. And I think that they keep him in the margins for the rest of it, which I thought was smart. Gotta say, the severed toe um, might be the biggest laugh I get this year in the cinema. I fucking love that. Or was it a fuck? Was it a toe? Or it was a toe. Yeah, I think it was a toe. Just the, I yeah. did get a bigger. Oh. I, I did get a bigger laugh out of um, out of Drax uh, at the point where he said the first point. It's a joke that runs on and on between him and uh, Mantis, mm. but the point where he says, "No, you're hideous," like just that, just an absolute direct way in which he sort of says to, her, "Well, you know." 
you're beautiful on the you're beautiful on, on, on the inside. inside. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think the, 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 the biggest laugh in, in my screen was a, a bit I'll, I'll come to you when I tell you my thoughts on it I just want to say as well I also very much laughed and I w- kind of wish there was more of this uh, you know um, when Kurt Russell was talking about the, like building a planet and Peter Quill was like I'm going to build a Pac-Man tower I tell you I'm going to build some weird shit and I, I kind of that, 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 was, that was the bit that got the biggest laugh in my screening and it was from me like I apologise for spoiling that but I'm glad you said that because I was the only person who laughed in my screening and I laughed so so did I and there wasn't much laughing in my screening it's just the fact that it it, it, it's like it's a wide shot and then it cuts to him just saying I'm going to make some weird shit and then it cuts again (laughs) like there's really good comedy editing in there Um, it's it's a great live delivery as well yeah exactly but there's there's an excitement to it. Yes, it's a bit yes. like he's about to go off on one yes, and start yes. sort of randomly doing it. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And I like I would have liked more of that. And you know, because the first one's got the whole like you know, if there was a, a, a flashlight in here, this would be light up like a Jackson Pollock painting. You know, you don't get yeah. anything like which is got that's got to be the ballsiest line in any of these Marvel Studio films so far. Um, just in terms of like adult content. Um, yeah, and and I. Could have done with a touch bit more of that, maybe with this. I really, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I tell you what, I rewatched Doctor Strange yesterday. I think I prefer that, and I don't think many people are going to say that. You think you prefer Doctor Strange? Yeah. See, I'm a bit. I've not rewatched Doctor Strange yet. I'm a bit worried about rewatching it because I really, really liked Doctor Strange. But as time's gone on, I can't remember much about it that I actually like. So. I thought that Strange was perfectly all right, but I, I don't think I could ever see myself watching it again. The, the conclusion mm. of that film, where the way he saves the world is by trapping Dormammu in that time prison, and then basically mm. going, right, we're just going to keep on fucking doing this, and you're going to get really frustrated unless you mm. fuck off. Uh, that that I mean, there are many elements I like about Doctor Strange. I really like that, and I I like the, the Wi-Fi password bit as well. I don't know. I'm I'm a guy who likes a haunted house and a haunted house too. So yeah, I, I, I'm the only person on planet Earth that laughed at Fifty Shades of Black. So take that for what it you will. <laughs> but the Wi-Fi password is good, bit is good. Um, Mark, go on. I've chatted fucking. I was really worried about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, in the sense that I couldn't find myself getting that excited about it. Um, and I thought there was going to be too much Baby Groot in it just so they could sell Baby Groot toys to middle-aged women who want to put them in their cars. And it, it, it had, me, had me worried. And then you have those opening credits. And like you said, no, I was sort of going, fuck, is this going to set it all up? But then I found myself going, right, but I'm actually kind of enjoying these credits. So maybe I need to just chill the fuck out. Um, and I had in my mind what, again, you said to me, no, say if you if you go into it in a, you know, I want to have a good time for a mind, you'll be all right. So I went into it in that for a mind. I, 
fucking loved it. Excellent. It's good. It, it's probably um, so far of all the Marvel movies, it's probably my favourite wow, in nice. the sense of it, it sat here right now thinking, and I only watched it on Tuesday, so I only watched it yesterday, to be honest. Uh, sat right now thinking, right, I've got to watch a Marvel movie again tonight. Which one? And before I even finish thinking that question, I'm going volume two, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. without question. It'll be the one I'll watch the most. I fucking loved it. Hell of the fact that it's got Sylvester Slow in it, but... Um, I just thought it was about halfway through. I was going, this is just fucking James Gunn making a James Gunn movie that happens to be the Guardians of the Galaxy and it's costing fucking $170 million. This is madness. Five years ago, this guy was making super on a proper fucking micro budget. And now he's in charge of a franchise that's worth, it's going to cost like $500 million by the time it's done. It, it's insane, but it's wonderful. And God bless you, Marvel, for giving us it. Uh, the yeah, I'm gonna make some weird shit. Had me in fucking creases and the the tar thing. And, you know, the, 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 again, it's such a well written movie. Uh, Rocket saying, I don't suppose you've got like a, a draw with just like random body bits in it. No, uh-uh. <laughs> it's just. It's, it's great. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. it it's fun, but then it, it does. It, it also has that thing of, of James Gunn being kicking the balls as well. Um, so while you've got the fun, you've got the jokes, you've got the cuteness of Baby Groot, you've got um, Drax telling um, Pom that what is it, uh, Mansi that she's fucking hideous. Uh, you've got Elizabeth Nicky as a big fucking golden goddess thing. Um, you've also got. Um, Kurt Russell turning around to Peter Quill and saying, brought my heart to put that brain tumour in her. Which is like, you, 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 you feel it about to come and you go, oh, oh. I would maybe argue in that situation, uh, when, you know, when you're not doing, you're not getting your son to do the big dastardly plan that you want to do. Like, he's 99% on board, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't mention the brain tumor right then. Probably not, but he is called Ego, and I think yeah. his ego kind of got away from that, on that, that one. That's that's also that is also a fair point. Like yeah. that ever so slightly took me out of that moment. I must say though, because I was interested in seeing bad guy Peter Quill for a bit, and it's kind of I wasn't at all. That, that, which is why probably I, 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 it got me and it didn't get you. Okay, fair enough. No, because I mean, like they were set, they were they were setting that up, and Mantis saying like, you know, he's probably over with him now. Blah blah blah. I like that would have been that would have been interesting, but they, you know, if we could have had five minutes of bad guy Peter Quill and five minutes less of CGness at the end, you know, I would not have complained. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to agree with Mark on that. I think All if right. if Bucket. for me at that point if if for me at that point if it had drifted off into Peter Quill sort of levitating and and sort of you know almost like uh, Magneto at the end of that X Men movie the last X Men movie just sort of like he's evil and he can't be touched and there's all ma- there's all shit flying around him and stuff like that if it had gone off down that route I think that would have lost me a little bit. 
I don't think I'd have had much interest in seeing that. I, I just wanted, at that point, the team to fight the bad guy. So I think I was ready for that. I was ready for that part of the movie where the team gets together and fights the bad guy. Okay, yeah. all right. That's think, a very yeah, as, as, as well, because you've got the, the, those kind of group battles at the end of a Marvel movie have kind of become fairly sort of standard. Um, and I think that an interesting thing is having James Gunn essentially take it completely away from the battle that's going on and have it, it just be Rocket and Groot sort of sat there whilst we can hear Peter Quill asking everybody if they've got tape, but not seeing it, mm-hmm. um, had me in fucking stitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, at, at that point, by that point, I was almost clapping. And I was thinking, I, I have a, a palpable feeling that everybody else in this cinema wants to see what's going on outside there, whereas I'm more interested in who the fuck might have tape. Yeah. And that, that was that was enough <laughs> for me. I'd forgotten about that bit, actually, the bit where he says, well, well, did you ask Nebula? And he's like, oh, well, is she, she was, no, she, she was, was near you when time, I asked so she, heard, she kind of overheard it, so I think she would have said something. Yeah. Uh, the, the fucking, the Yondu funeral is, yeah. again, it's something that, that uh, Ian frequently goes back to with these Marvel movies is something that you have to say with Ian is that you love the fact that the majority of the time when they get a director in of proper note, they get to stamp their their mark on it. I'm fucking um, I'm fucking telling you, man. Like, if it is a director who has a stamp of some sort, Marvel let them put it on the fucking film. Yeah. If you've got some uh, anonymous fucking twat like Alan Taylor, you get for the Dark World. Yeah. And, 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 and it is at no point in the Marvel Universe it is films has it been more fucking obvious that that is the case than I think Guys of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is a fucking James Gunn movie. And yeah. you've got that ending. It's just... You've got a fucking funeral. And it's it's the end of the movie. It isn't rushed. It is the big fucking blowout. Is this this funeral. And, you know... There were there were people in my screening who were actually actively in tears by that point, which I thought was magnificent. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was it was fantastic. It was quite unexpected that as well because I mean it was it was around that point in the film that I was thinking to myself that you know maybe some of the characters which were the most outstanding from previous films, namely kind of Rocket and Gru, I think. Um, they'd not fallen into they'd fallen into the background a little bit less so Rocket but Groot certainly mm. um, and in this one all the cool moments all the really cool moments were Michael Rooker's yeah um, and and you know and 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 I think character wise he had the the most interesting sort of arc and direction you got a sense in the first film that he was kind of a father figure um and he wasn't all bad and he, you know the whole thing about threatening to eat him it was just a nonsense yeah and you got, you got a that, feeling that, that thrown that away by a line as well yeah yeah where he's like i was joking <laughs> yeah he's just trying to toughen him up but you get a sense of that in the first film and they develop it a little bit more here they obviously realize that they had something there that they could develop a little bit more and they give uh yondu 
a real decent sort of path to kind of go on to the point where just about the point that you're thinking to yourself, fucking hell, Yondu's been great. In, oh, shit. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> it worked <laughs> a treat. Yeah, they built it up. I mean, they say he, he, they do get some of the coolest moments. One of the coolest moments in the film, and it's you know, it's a cool looking film. Is Yondu and Baby Groot and uh, Rocket, Rocket walking along yeah. as he's just whistling, and they're just and, taking out all those guys around. It's brilliant, and all the guys yeah. falling from the. It's just it was fucking great. It was really good. Yeah, the fact that he's just walking so slow, and then we get that pull out shot from above. Um, and you can just see the arrow just sort of flicking around. Yeah, it's it's a really yeah. There's there's some nice sort of fucking some really nice sort of moments in it like that. And some great visuals and looking like that. And it is, I think, about halfway through, I went from being, you know, relieved that my worries weren't being, you know, met to being actually I'm really really fucking enjoying this. And just to touch on Ian's point as well, because this came up on a recent episode and I was I was agreeing along with you on the train. Um, But that sort of point about Marvel movies, I don't know where people get this from, really. Like this, there's this sort of trend for people to be saying, oh, well, all Marvel movies look the same. They're all that sort of generic sort of color palette. No, you know, I think Marvel don't get nearly enough credit for the the incredible balancing act that they've done in bringing these characters and these worlds together, these very, very different visually uh, characters all together into these worlds and still managing to let individual um, directors have a flavor to each of the film. Mm. And there really, really is a flavor. You know, the first Iron Man film and to a degree, the second Iron Man film, feel like John Favreau movies. Um, the third Iron Man film, rightly or wrongly, feels like a Shane Black movie. Um, that you know the 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 two Russo Captain uh, the two Russo Captain America movies have that sense that we now know that they've got as directors a, you know a certain style to them. You know there's a there are films in the, there are films in the Marvel universe that, that lean a little bit more towards different genres a little bit um whether that's comedy or whether it's espionage thriller or spies or whatever and and i think they should be commended for that because it's a fucking incredible balancing act that they've been able to pull off and then you've got something like this which is directed by james gunn who's you know whose background is exploitation and they've given him the keys to this kingdom and he's delivered them something that's funny that's a little bit dangerous and a little bit cheeky, um, but it's still really skillfully handled and really skillfully delivered. So, you know, fair play to him, fair play to him. And I give Marvel a bashing from time to time on, on a film by film, film basis. But as I always say, uh, it's, you know, I care. I do it because I care. So, I, I, no, I mean, genuinely, I'm glad you had a good time with this one as well, because you're usually such a miserable bastard about them. That, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but that's but that's the thing. It's like I'm saying though. It's when when I'm invested in the characters and I'm desperate for it to work, I get upset about the smallest things, and then I find myself six months later rewatching that film and going, "What the fuck was I wrong with this? He's brilliant. Why 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 did I care about that minor little thing?" 
Um, but when it comes to something like Guardians, I'm less invested in those characters a little bit, and I don't have too much experience of the comics. So I'm able to just go, hey, it's a Marvel movie, and it's also a space adventure. Uh, so just fucking go with it. Um, so, you know, it's it's all about what you bring to a to a film before, and if you've got baggage, then, or, you, you know, you've got cynicism or baggage, then it's going to show through, and, and, and maybe... I don't get to see as many movies as I would like or as many movies as I, as, as, uh, as I used to. And when I go to the cinema now, it's rare and it tends to be rep. Usually it's just with Marvel movies, if I'm honest. Um, the only exception I can think of recently is, uh, Fast 8. Um, the only time I go to the cinema is usually for Marvel movies. So I'm, I'm, I'm I want to have a good time when I'm there. Um, and in a situation like this, I wanted to have a good time, had a good time. You know, what more can I ask for? Um, it's much better than just, you know, picking something apart and um, being miserable for miserables for being miserable's sake. I agree with that. And we still Absolutely, got more yeah. um, to come as well. That film's going to be fucking weird. Well, I, what's actually interesting uh, that you moved on to that, I'll, I'll just tangent ever so slightly on that, is um, when we spoke about the trailer last week or the week before and I was a little bit like I don't get what everybody's so fucking no he's come round and then I saw it on the big screen and was like now I get it now I get it 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 does look like it could be a lot of fun yes um, are we any more to say on Guardians Volume 2? Uh, the one thing I will say is that the the big worry for a lot of people and the big moan for a lot of people was always um, Baby Groot thing. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, it's all going to be this and it's all going to be that. I was concerned about it as well. Um, and I don't want to be... I don't want to be the guy that's always going on about his kids. But... Um, it was very specific that that Groot kind of worked for me because he's just a little person with a big head and big eyes, and he's just like a, a an awkward little toddler. Um, and I've got an awkward little toddler. Um, and currently, you know, Charlie is at that age where he'll stand there and you'll say to him, um, "Right, Charlie, just take this take this nappy here. I want you to take this." And go into the kitchen, and he'll say, yeah. And I go, and I'll put it in the bin, yeah? And he'll go, yeah. And I'll go, right, and then go and get your socks from the dining room off the table and bring them in here, and then we'll put your socks on and we'll go out. And he'll go, yeah. I'll go, do you understand what I just said? And he'll go, yeah. And he'll run off and he'll go and pick up a banana and come back with a banana. <laughs> so that whole Groot thing worked really well. for I was already looking at baby Groot in that way as this sort of like, you know, sort of, um, adventurous sort of into everything, clambering, running, jumping and yelling, screaming little toddler type person that's like my son. So then when that scene crept up later, when the, when he's, you know, fetching the wrong thing, I was just like, yeah, this is just working a treat on me right now. So, um, actually baby group, baby group turned out to be quite the positive for me and I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah, the, the, the him going to get the stuff and keep on getting the wrong thing was a nice a nice little touch. The fact that you yeah. at first you see it and he sees the, the drawer and you think, good on him, he's done it, and then he's there with his pants. And then it's that thing in it of, 
telling a joke once and then telling it again and then going that little bit further. I, I wonder how many different things there were in the outtakes <laughs> of that uh, that he brought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely not shit on that one. Yeah, for sure. I think we're all definitely not shit on that, yeah. Yeah, definitely not shit. Cool. Well, our audience, uh, definitely not shit, 65%. Touching cloth, 17%. And shit, 18%. Hmm. That's... Um, that surprises me, man. How many votes? Me, yeah. Uh, 23. Blimey. That, that does, so it's a, that's a, a, a fair portion. Yeah. So that does surprise me, that. does. Miserable bastards. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 miserable bastards indeed. Um, so, yeah. Um, do we any any guys got anything that you burn that you want to talk about on what we've been watching, or is it, um, is it the fact that it's I'm a li- 10 o'clock creeping? Yeah, I'm a little worried for Noel's sanity, to be honest. So, I've got a few things, but maybe we could talk about them next week or something. Yeah, we'll no, talk I'm about fine. Them. I'm fine. Whatever, whatever works for you. I'm, I'm easy. We'll, we'll talk about them next week, and it'll it'll, okay. it'll go in because well, give me something to listen to anyway. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Um, but I will say, I'll just throw a couple at you very, very quickly. Yes. Yep. Uh, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, the first film. Really enjoyed it. Obviously, going into Guardians of the Galaxy two. Also, and I know I've mentioned this to you before. I watched Wild Hogs, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with Wild Hogs. It's perfectly <laughs> enjoyable. That's yeah. all I have to say on it. There's nothing wrong it, with wild dogs. It is a little bit like it should be like it's 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 a foregone go to uh, Trump voters go travelling. <laughs> I get confused yeah. between wild hogs and old dogs. Isn't there a John Travolta uh, and Robin Williams one called Old Dogs? I think there might be actually. There yeah, might be. yeah, there is. You know. Um, no, Wild Hogs is the motorbike one. What's with, Old um, Dogs? Old Dogs is the Disney one. I thought they were both Disney. Uh, yeah, Wild Hogs might be Disney, actually. Um, Wild Hogs is... No, Wild Hogs is, well, touched on, so yeah, it's kind of God, Disney. God, fucking hell, Old um, Dogs is 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't want to watch it now, then. <laughs> Sit, stay, play dad. Good tag. Nice. Hell of a tagline. Shit. When while preparing for an important business deal, two bachelors become the unexpected caretakers of twin children. One debacle after another follows as the two clueless men try to take care of both their business duties and the rambunctious siblings. Through their lives, though their lives are turned upside down. The men may just gain an understanding of what is really important in life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I won't watch that actually. But yes, I I, I remember watching Wild Dogs and kind of kind of enjoying it to be honest. It's a, it's it's I mean it will not surprise anybody. I think it's weird, they're directed by the same. Yeah, it's Walt Becker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. That's no incredible. Way. What are the yeah. chances? <laughs> Look at that! Look, you know, it's, it, he was director of uh, Van Wilder as well, wasn't he? Was he? Fucking hell! Yeah, I'm sure he directed Van Wilder. Jesus Christ! Is, uh, is, is yes, he, he did. He directed Van Wilder as well. He's a good-looking chap, is Walt Becker. Is he, re- Ooh, is he really? I don't, I don't know why yeah. I said it like that. But... He's dishy. He's dishy. All right, let's get. I can't imagine anyone called yeah. Walt being dishy. He's dishy. Oh, he's a nice, not a bad looking guy, actually, yeah. Shut the front um, door. Fucking hell, look at him. 
but yeah, Wild Hogs, I was just going to say, it won't surprise anyone from the UK to, to learn that I watched Wild Hogs on ITV2. Was it in between Hot All Fuzz and it. King Kong? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Uh, Fast and Furious. He was on just after Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, but no, it, it literally it popped on in this evening shift that I have now, where Claire goes to bed and I do this feed. It just came on ITV too. I was tired. I had a couple of beers left, and I thought, "Fuck it, this will do." Um, and it, it hit me at a good time. Um, I really like Tim Allen. I, I, I actually quite Yeah, exactly. There's just something very watchable about him, as terrible as he oh, is. Right, um, this is on that obviously, I'm gonna watch it tonight. John Travolta is a similar situation. He's kind of awful in many ways, but he's very watchable. Martin Lawrence is just awful. Um and he is just awful in this as you'd expect. Um William H. Macy in it as well, <laughs> just why he's here. Um, is anybody's but so is anybody's guess? Yeah, they're all bikers and they wow. run into a to a gang of actual real bikers, uh, a, a real biker gang uh, led by Ray Liotta. Um, it's 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 just stupid fun. It's it's just stupid ITV two fun. Oh, um, I, I had a good life. time with it. I, I need to check if it's on Disney Life. It was on ITV two, so it might be on ITV Hub maybe. Oh. Okay, I don't know where I'm going to go that far. Do, that. do they do that? In fact, if you just stick ITV2 on now, it's probably on again. I don't, Disney Life, right? Disney Life is weird. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is on Disney Life. Like, mm. is it not? Is that not supposed to be like a, a purely kids service? Um, I don't know. We don't have it anymore. I cancelled it. Um, we weren't using it quite as much as, as we were at first. Oh, fuck, man. Like, all we ever fucking have on TV is either YouTube or Disney Life. YouTube's kind of banned in our house now, though. That's oh, a good idea. We, we, we've, we had to hide the Apple remote because Charlie would just end up watching the shit that Charlie was watching on YouTube. It was just depressing, so I put a stop to it. I was like, no, no more, none of this. Uh, you know all those like fake Peppa Pig cartoons oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. God, and fake like Spider Man and Hulk stuff. I came in one day and he was watching this weird thing with Spider Man jumping around on a space hopper with the Hulk, and I was just like, right, this is over now. No more unofficial bullshit Marvel properties in this house. Um, so yeah, YouTube is gone. Lottie would murder me in my sleep if I did that. <laughs> Fucking Willow is on Disney Life. I suppose that makes sense because it's Lucasfilm. That makes more sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, we, we actually we we lost the internet for like the first, but for like a week last week, um, from Monday to when it came back on Friday, I got it back on. Um, fuck, it was weird not having access to on-demand stuff. I would. It I, was. I, I would totally use my fucking phone as a, like a hotspot and just. Yeah. That's what we that's what we did in the end. Uh, but it was it was it was it was so fucking strange going. I mean, actually, no, I, mean, I ended up watching a couple of things on, on Blu-ray, so it's quite nice opening just the the Blu-ray cover and going, watch that, I watch that, I watch that. But it was weird in the sense of Bex going, oh, are we gonna watch something of blah? And it's like, no. Oh, why? It's like, cause it's like, oh, fucking fuck. It's funny because I was list- I was reading an article today about. Um, 
it was kind of a misleading headline actually that oh, the, yes I, I read them. that yeah um so the it's story about you know there's going to be changes to the law that will make um people who stream uh well the headline was that people who stream code uh, using cody boxes could be facing 10 years in jail as it turns out it was a hugely misleading headline mm. um and actually it's just you know there's going to be a change in the law where people are, are clamping down on uh, sorry, the, the government is clamping down on the use of Cody. Um, Cody seems to be turning into a little bit of a um, uh, a bad word, like, a, you know, almost like video nasties. It's becoming a little bit of the buzzword that everybody all of a sudden, all of a sudden we've got to start clamping down on Cody. Um, meanwhile, people are torrenting like fuck and nobody seems to be doing very much about that. Well, I think it's because the Cody boxes now are so easy to get hold of. Them. Yeah. And there's been and people like, selling them pre, pre-loaded. Pre-loaded. And um, absolutely. I totally get that. It makes sense. Um, but if we are moving, what sort of it had me thinking about is that I feel that we are now ready. Like if, 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 if street, if, um, if downloading torrents and Cody boxes and all that stuff gets taken away, I'm okay. Like, let's just move on. Well, like, I, let's just pay for that. I'm okay. Let's pay for things we, now. We, it's okay. Yeah, we've stopped like, it. We've got house. everything. Well, my, yeah. my, my thing with it we, is, we have, we, we do still, I do still torrent, um, a couple of TV shows. That's because I don't have Sky Atlantic and I don't have Amazon Prime. But you know what? If those options, I've thought many times about getting Amazon Prime. If there's a way for me to pay for a TV show like Billions, which is on Sky Atlantic, or Game of Thrones, which is on uh, uh, Sky Atlantic, I'll just pay for Mate, it. Now like, TV, I'm, five or a month. Now TV. Is that fa- yeah? But do you get access to Billions and all Sky that? Sky Atlantic, yeah, yeah Sky Atlantic. Atlantic shit. As long as it, like you get live Sky Atlantic, all those catch-up shit. Yeah. Right. Fucking hell. I, and there's. Now TV, there's an Apple TV app, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, hell yeah, there yeah. is. We, we use it quite a lot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, I, I don't Tom, that much. I'll, I'll occasionally occasionally think, but I'll, I'll, usually it's not, and I'm saying this on here, it's not like new stuff. Cause I, I see new stuff in the cinema. Um, or it'll crop up on Netflix or anything like that. It is stuff like um, old stuff that, that I can't, find on fucking iTunes and stuff like that that I know I've got on DVD in the loft and I go fucking hell no I can't be fucked mm. and I'll do it I'll, I'll go that way but it's the same thing at the end of the, at the, end of the day um, no matter what or what anyone says or anything like that you're not supposed to torrent movies it is it is illegal it's stealing there's no getting away from that it, it, it is so if Governments or uh, studios or anything like that put in place a way to stop you from doing it. That's fine. It's fair enough. You can't bitch and fucking moan about it because it it it's fine. It's fair enough. That's their prerogative. I'll still on occasions exploit the little loophole that is there. But like you guys say, it said if it stopped tomorrow and you couldn't do it, I'd be like, ah, fuck, that's annoying. But I just get over it. And I was, I've been chatting to Noel about this recently. It's been a bit of a bugbear is the fact that I work with a few younger uh, people uh, who work for me and they, they seem kind of almost incredulous to the fact that they couldn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 on their Cody box. Why shouldn't they be able to do that? It's like, well, go to the cinema to see it. 
Well, I've paid for the Cody box. Why should I go to the cinema to see it? Think, right. You've not paid for shit. You've not paid, right. You've paid for a box that could illegally do something. That is quite literally like saying, why can't I drive down the motorway at 140 miles an hour? Because my car can do 140 miles an hour. Because you fucking can't. It's like, it'd be like going to WH Smith and buying a Stephen King book and wondering why you can't access the complete works of Shakespeare. Because it's you just buy one thing, it doesn't mean you've got access yeah, to everything. It, it, because something has the ability to do something that it's not supposed to do, doesn't mean that you should fucking feel hard done by the fact that you can't fucking do it. Look, it, I, as far as, as and they all and they all, and this and this kid, he's going to university to study business mm. and TV media, right? And it's like, right. But you can't understand why you should go to the cinema to watch a film mm. and pay to see it, and you feel that you should be allowed to download it illegally at home rather than paying to see it, and you want to get into that business, specifically the business side of that business. I just feel like we've, we've you know, uh, I've torrented films and tv in the past for a long time i don't mind saying it and i have over the years done it less and less and less to the point where now we barely do any of that i've got access to all of the things that i need and we're in a position now where if it all goes away i say fine just i'm happy to pay it's we've you know we're at a point now where i mean it really really irritates me that there's this um you know, uh, what's the word? This this feeling of, of of you deserve to have access to all this stuff. Netflix is six pounds a month. A month. Six pounds a month. You can't like that's you can't buy two pints of beer for six pounds a month. No. Nope. Like and the the amount of stuff that's on there. Likewise, Amazon Prime. Likewise, Now TV. We've got access to all this stuff. A really affordable, really accessible. Uh, in a really affordable, really accessible way, it's time to stop feeling so fucking entitled and just pay up. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's fine. Instead of spending £400 in a pair of fucking hideous-looking fucking Yeezys, just spend your <laughs> six quid that your fucking parents will pay for anyway yeah. on fucking Netflix. Or just use your parents' logins. Yeah. Uh, I can confirm that Old Dogs is on Disney Life. As it, at, Old Dogs. As, as is Condor Man. Oh God, have you ever watched that? No, but I'm actually yes. tempted. And it was one of the most disappointing experiences of my childhood, back in the days when we didn't have superhero shows and, and films. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. Uh, right, we don't have any questions, actually. Uh, so, Ian, what are we covering next week? Bag of cunts. Um, are we do- Bag of cunts sounds fantastic. Are we doing the thing... Runaway Bride is on there. Sorry. Um, I've just been fucking scrolling through this list of films. Um, it, it's fascinating. Um, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. I went to the cinema to see Runaway Bride. I was pissed as a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Sister Act's on there. That's a, that's the good way. I watched Sister Act last week. I, I like the fact that, that Sister Act 2, the poster for Sister Act 2, literally has right at the top in big letters, Whoopi. Like, I love I love that. She didn't even need to fucking put. Bill Duke directed that. I did, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's very good. Um, 
Are we doing the thing that... Oh, Splash is on there. Sorry. Are we going to do the thing that we said we were going to do? Yes, we are going to do the thing that we said we were going to oh, do. I think you should. What thing is that? We should talk about that, then. Um, what we're going to do is somebody suggested it, um, that we uh, do a, a Dune the Monkey top 10 slash 20. Um, so we're going to do a top 20 or 15 or 20. But we're going to do it in a, a ranking scale. So each of us are going to send, I think, each other their top 25 movies. I think we're going to do one that way. Um, and so... Number 25 will get one point, and number one will get 25 points, and then we're going to add it up, and we're going to give probably the top 15 or top 20, and we're just going to discuss quickly, not quickly, but not, we're not going to go in-depth and do an in-depth review of each, but we're going to kind of discuss why that was, where that was in our rankings, and why it was there, and go through that, and it's going to be almost a bit like a list show, uh, because I think Mindhorn is out which I think you're going to see. I'm going to go see uh, Mindhorn. Um, I'm looking forward to that. It looks funny. And oh, I, I would, yeah, um, I, I might see that. it, yeah. but I, I haven't watched the trailer or anything. But I like the people that made it. But yeah. time is a little bit sketchy for me at the fucking moment. No, that's so fine. that's fine. <laughs> we yeah. there was actually one question, but I don't think you were CC'd in. Oh, oh what, what, what was it? Um, it's from Kurt. Kurt asked. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Brooks. One for one for Noel Meller is Marvel Legacy the new place to jump into comics? What does it mean for Marvel now? So it's a comic specific question. Doesn't have anything to do with films. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to answer it anyway. Right, that's it for uh, Noel. Good night, Noel. Thanks for joining us. Tonight. <laughs> uh, the answer is yes and no, actually. Um, Marvel has now gotten into this rhythm of the same way as DC does, actually, just reinventing itself every couple of years and, and doing this thing where, you know, some cataclysmic event is going to reset the Marvel Universe and it's like nothing you've ever seen before, uh, except it is because you have seen this type of thing before. Um, basically, what Marvel Legacy is, is Marvel is... is Marvel Legacy is Marvel resetting their universe and going, actually, we're going to get away from the female Thor and the Asian Hulk and the, you know, we're going to get away from these new characters and we're going to go back to our core uh, characters. So in terms of the question is, is it a good time to jump into comics? Um, anytime's a good time to jump into comics, but not necessarily with anything new. If you want to read, if you want to get into comics, go old. Um, if you want to get into sort of... Um, you know, comics at the most basic level and you want to check out Marvel, then go to like, uh, the Marvel ultimate launch. So ultimate Spider-Man, the ultimates, which is essentially the Avengers, um, go for that type of thing. Ultimate X-Men, uh, that was kind of Marvel doing a reset a few years back. And I've read a lot of recent Marvel stuff in an attempt to try and reconnect with newer Marvel stuff and it's really not worked for me. The quality of Marvel comics at the moment isn't very good, I don't think. Um so yeah, it's not a film related question, but I'm not really interested in Marvel Legacy. There's there's too there's too much out there that I've not read to bother with the new stuff. So fuck it. Cool. Uh right, so that was episode uh, 100, 100, wasn't it? It's 200. 206. Um, thank you very much, Noel, for joining us. Uh, we will Pleasure. We'll have you on, I'm sure, before... Um, what's the next one? Is it Thor? Spider-Man. Like Thor. Yeah. Spider-Man. 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 Yeah. Sony yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's fucking May now. He'll be back on in no time. Yeah, he'll be back on a couple of months. Uh, so you're very, thank you very much for coming on and joining us for... Um, 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, anything else to add, Ian? Um, I can confirm that the Lizzie McGuire movie is available on Disney Life. <laughs> As is the live-action <laughs> Jungle Book from 94 with Jason Scott Lee, which I've never seen. Oh, dumb. Stephen Summers directed that thing. Fuck, man, yeah. I might have to do that. <laughs> right, and on that note, um, at Dude and the Monkey, DudeandTheMonkey.com, at Ian Loring, at Filmrat, at Dude Force. Thank you very much for listening, and we shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The Cheetah Girls and the Cheetah Girls 2. What the fuck are these? I don't. Don't. I was, Isabel was, Isabel was the age where occasionally the Cheetah Girls had to fucking go on until I went, no, not anymore. Yeah, okay, that totally looks like, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, that, yeah, Disney Life, it's the gift that keeps on giving, guys, you know, four ninety nine a month. <laughs> the Bears and I, that's not Clint Eastwood, is it? Who the fuck's that now? Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? It's not Pete, Clint Eastwood. I can confirm it's not Clint Eastwood. A young Vietnam War veteran seeking peace and quiet in the northwest wilderness finds himself a stepfather to three mischievous but lovable bears in the middle of a land struggle between Native Americans and the U.S. government. Well, that's just... That's a Disney film. Yeah, that's... Disney's The Bears and I. Um, This is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night. This really is. There's fucking seriously. There are so many films on this fucking thing. That is ridiculous. That was fun. Has Mark yeah. gone? Have we lost Mark? Is Mark gone? No, he was just mic dropping out. <laughs> okay. I think when, okay, when, when, when I said goodnight, everyone, I kind of meant on the show. The show. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I might just leave all of this in. Yeah, leave it, man. All right. What cunt? He's such a cunt, isn't he? Oh, what a mark. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you'd both come for a second. No, no, no. No. Um, no. Um, this is Dude and the Monkey After Dark. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do we do now? Jerky chubby?